This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. Look at that. Look at us. Official channelattitude.com is where you can subscribe. Welcome, everyone, to Smoke Out with Shelly and SJ. We have returned after many months away. We're in a new place, a new network, all that good stuff. It is the interactive video show where you can join us during the show. Once we get rolling and get some subscribers, you'll be able to join us, come on the show. You can be on audio, video, just in the chat room, whatever. Ask us questions, participate in whatever we're doing, all of that good stuff. I'm having trouble with the number of episodes, like what episode this is. Right now I'm going with episode 44 slash one. This is our 44th episode total. This is our first for channelattitude.com. Let me bring that up as well. We have the uh, the ShellySJSmokeOut.com, of course. You can find us. You can subscribe there. Find our Twitter and our Instagram. Find out more about myself and Shelly. If you don't know us, most of you probably don't know me if you were watching this episode uh, I do various things on the interwebs, uh, the Stoner Jesus Show, stuff like that. I've been around a long time, as you can see. I'm very old, uh, so I've been doing a lot. Shelly, of course, more of you probably know. Shelly Martinez, model, content creator, former pro wrestler, has tons of Hollywood stories, wrestling stories, crazy stories. She's led a much more interesting life than I have, so we lean heavily on her stories. Every now and then I'll have a witty comment or something along those lines or I'll go on a tangent for some reason, but other than that, it's uh, it's really Shelly's show. I'm just here to like the sidekick and uh, and produce and and look good, as you can see. I'm the I'm the eye candy, of course, of the two, the two sides of the coin here, <laughs> Shelly. How excited are you to be back and uh, to be on ChannelAttitude.com? Dude, I think it's so fun. Like when we first started talking about this being a possibility, I was like. Wow, that would be a really, I think that's a good fit. You know, I feel like a lot of people that are already part of like the Russo brand and all that and watch all the stuff, I was like, I really feel they would enjoy our show. And then when things started moving forward, I was like, see, I knew it. I knew this would be a good place. So hopefully I'm not jinxing it because I am the queen of jinx. Because for those of you, if this is your first time watching, I've told Stoner Jesus many times that I'm a career killer. Like, if you get mixed up with me, you end up failing at what you do. <laughs> the end of channel attitude as we know it. What? It might kill the whole channel now that I'm on here, but hey, I'll try my best not to. Awesome. <laughs> so, uh, it's been quite a few months, Shelly. Uh, what have you been up to? Well, um, same old, same old, you know, to do my content creating and everything, but, um, I've been dealing with a lot of health issues and it's really put me out. Um, I don't really want to get into detail because it's just a lot. I'm still trying to figure it out, but long story short, I'm having, you know, now that I'm older and everything, I'm having a lot of issues with my body and hormones and things being out of whack or whatever. So for those of you, if you're watching and you're part of my secret society, and you guys are worried about me. Don't be worried about me. It's nothing serious. It's definitely something that's not forever. I'm just trying to regulate myself and get back on track. It's going to take quite a few months, but you know, like I said, it's nothing like that can't be fixed. And that's just where I'm at right now. Um, I have decided since I'm like trying to figure all this stuff out and like whatever, 
to stop medicating like smoking wise but you know you can always get your herbs other ways so i'm just living the life that way and it's been rough but you know it's all about just getting my health back in order and before i know it i'll be all back and right. the bongs and whatever but until then i'm just taking it easy and just going about my herbage intake a different way so uh as shelly's going through all this as i will be you know smoking twice as much to compensate for uh, and of course if you're a subscriber you want to come on here you can smoke with us drink whatever i mean most things will go we're uncensored we're behind the paywall we have the freedom of speech all that stuff that comes with channel attitude and it's awesome and uh we hope that we don't bring the whole network crashing down but if we do I'm, i apologize in advance i mean you know, what can i do i'm only one person <laughs> but you are stoner jesus so it makes sense that you could save I have, it i have powers but they're very limited <laughs> it is what it is. We did. Uh, we are on Twitter. We did get some questions on Twitter. We'll get to those toward the end of the show. So, as uh, if you asked a question, just sit here and listen to us and all the awesomeness we got going on, and then we'll answer your questions. That's the deal. Of course, Shelly has a lot of stuff going on. As I said, more stuff than I do. I would be remiss if I don't mention. Hold on. One of my favorite props that will come up in the show from time to time. <laughs> Proper lifestyle, as you see, I got the bookmark. I'm studying intently how to be this guy. This guy is the guy. The guy. So you hear about all that. Uh, I, I wanted to mention earlier that uh, this is show 44 slash one. We are going to attempt at some point to get the previous 43 episodes up on channelattitude.com. So at that point, it'll stop being you know 44 slash one, 45 slash two, and just become the number again. But until then, I want to kind of differentiate you know, what we're doing. Because all those old episodes, they mentioned an old place to subscribe and old places to, to find us. You cannot find us there anymore. We're exclusively on channelattitude.com, which I'll be mentioning a lot. Less than $1 a week, as you can see right there, when you're able to subscribe, which you will be very soon. As soon as the first episode drops, which it will, after we're done recording it. That's how it works. Record and drop. You so know, sure. I'm excited for those episodes to find, like, when they can get up, because... We've had some really, really awesome shows, like from our pizza challenge to me always giving ben, Doug Benson crap to my love the, young, the young bucks. The young bucks. <laughs> love them. Oh, I could kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know they're AEW tag team champions again. They just won the other night, so they're really killing themselves. That's nice. <laughs> Good for them. Good for them. But you know, like. If you guys are, you know, watching this and you're like, what are they talking about? Like, as soon as the old episodes come up, you're going to love it. It's lots of entertainment. There's even a time where Stoner Jesus on my behalf went off on somebody who was trying to screw me over with money. <laughs> I hope he subscribes. I hope to see him again so I can yell at him. <laughs> you know what's funny about that person? So, um, that okay, so after that had happened... I had an autograph, virtual autograph signing with Francine and Alicia Tout, and that person went out of their way to order. All, it was because of the live stream, all of their photos, but mine. And I was like, "Oh my god, okay." And then, so whatever. Then uh, my last birthday that just passed, they ended up getting me this robe that I had on my wish list, and they were like, "Happy birthday, Shelly, from so and so," and I was like. So what I did, I was like, I don't want to wear that robe, but I really wanted it. So I ended up buying the robe myself. 
And then I threw on my online store, goodvibrationsboutique.com. You can save 20% right now with the code FANGS. It's on there. So <laughs> that's what I did with it. I'm like, the one that got brought, like that this person got off my wish list, don't want it. I don't want that energy. Like, I'm just going to sell it. It's still up there. I haven't really been pushing my site that much, but like, it's so funny how the pettiness after they screw me over with my money and my PayPal account, and then to go on this live stream, <laughs> do that. I, I just can't. Ugh. If you want an actual piece of clothing that Shelly dislikes intensely, <laughs> you can have it. If that's your type of thing. You can just wear it. You look at it. You say, Shelly hates this. Hates person who said it. He sucks. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> but it's so funny because, like, of course I thought about that episode when it came because i was like oh my gosh somebody got me the robe like yay and then when i saw the note i was like are you serious right now like that is so strange but i can't imagine what that guy's like in real life i've been around him in real life mm -hmm. i looked him in the pupil and told him how he's affected me in negative ways but here's the thing all jokes aside i just feel this person not to be mean or anything just being factual has some sort of social issues or knowing uh, being aware yeah. you know what I'm saying? just like when you went off on them like they were like in another world with what they were saying versus what we're talking about <laughs> and when i met them in person i just remember being very taken back by because i in my mind, I built this person up to be something completely different based on my interactions with them online for years, you know? So when that happened, I was like, oh, okay, this is like, I need, and I even remember the guy that was like my handler for the weekend. He was getting so annoyed by him. And he was like, you know what, Shelly, I give you props. You have a lot of patience because he's asked you the same question like 10 times. And I just see you take a deep breath and close your eyes and smile and be like, look, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, dude, like, you know, so wherever he is, whatever, positive vibes, but don't be trying to butter me up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And thinking I'm going to be like, oh, he got this. And by the way, the robe was only like, 20 bucks so it ain't even that big of a deal oh, nice. so. <laughs> i hope he subscribes that would be awesome so. we're mentioning uh past episodes we have the roast a lot of great interviews with a lot of great people we'll be doing that more as time goes forward as well we can interview all kinds of people on here dream interviews whatnot and uh it'd be great because again you know channel we pretty much do whatever we want we'll see if we can push that envelope at least a little bit you know, I was thinking about having some of my fetish model friends on here. I think that'd be a hoot. Absolutely. They got stories. They got they got some good stories. <laughs> That's what I found in my my podcast. Anyone who's in that world for long enough and deals with the people that are in that world and buy that kind of content, they have a lot of crazy stories. There's there's one one like what's the saying like. There's somebody, there's something for everyone out there and in the fetish world. It's very like, even though I feel, and we've talked about on our shows before, maybe some people think what I do is very like taboo. But when I talk to my model or my fetish model friends, they're like, you're so vanilla in the fetish world. And so it's like, 
it amazes me when I hear these stories from, especially like my friends, they're girls that have been in it for like a long time, like 10 plus years. And it's just so crazy that not only the stories they have, but like the things that I deal with, I am that it's the day and age with like the internet and like social media. So when I hear their stories and it's like, no dude, it's always been that way. Like maybe it's, it, they, we weren't so accessible to these people, like, especially with direct messages and tweets or whatever. So it's kind of like on demand, but like all these issues were still there. And that's what fascinates me. Like there's this dude here in LA, I refuse to shoot at his place. Um, I think I may have mentioned it on one of our shows. One of the things that everyone knows is that he has cameras in the toilet. Like, so when you're at a shoot and you got to drink water because he has a ring and everything. So you're like getting your sweat on. Like for me, I'm like, God, now I have to pee. And like, so it's like, there's these just stories out there. Like they're all the same. And like, like I said, I'm thinking they're real. I mean, they're new. And then these girls are like, yeah, that's how he is. You know, I stopped coming here way back, but then I came back because, you know, the bookings, I get a lot of work and I just ignore it. And I'm like, ignore it. <laughs> I don't want to ignore it. There's like, I should be able to pee privately. And then one time I thought I was like getting him back. And um, there's a lot of gals out there probably can relate to this. And maybe some of you fellas out there have seen it online. We push these different teas, some of us gals that help you poop. And so I was like, I want to look nice and lean. I'm going to take my poop tea. And I was like, watch, I'm going to tear that bathroom up. And I did. And then one of my fetish model friends, she goes, God, Shelly, he probably just made so much money off of, you know, cause I was like, yeah, I tore it up. And she's like, no, that's what he wants. And I'm like, God, I can't even poop in peace. And like, I'm getting back. Like, ugh. so my shitty Shelly, um, I guess revenge backfired on me, pun intended. Wow. Yeah. What you need to do is just at the beginning, smear the shit on the camera and then it's blocked. Oh, I just don't even mess with it anymore. I, I don't, last time I went there, I told the dude off and I said, I'm never coming back here. And because so many of my friends do end up going back, like some of them have taken like 10 years off of going. They're like, Oh, you know, I used to only come and like, the nineties and then like I stopped and then I came back. I don't want to be one of those girls and no offense to them. Make your money ladies, like whatever. But to me, I'm very, I'm the, I'm the kind of girl that I'll be the first one to refund people. I'll be the first one to be like, I don't want your money after all. Oh, well, I don't even care if it makes me like struggle. I, that's just who I am. So to me, I have to make my point that I will never go there again because I get a lot of requests and they're like, oh, come on, like, blah, blah, blah. Nope, I won't do it. I just will not go there. And it sucks because some of the girls that I really, really enjoy working with, they specifically only work there because it's close to their house, like their house or whatever. So it sucks I don't get to see some of those girls anymore, but it's just not worth it. Like, I can't, it's, it's just not a good vibe. And for me, doing fetish work already is taxing. Like, you know, you have to kind of like tune out and numb yourself a little bit and just like, whatever. So it's like, I'm already doing that. And I felt like it was taking too much for me where I'm like, 
the poop cams. Like the house is like that we shoot at. He's like a hoarder. So like you have to pretend you don't see all this crap everywhere. Wow. It's just like a lot, you know? There should be a reality show about it. <laughs> the student is because he's been doing this since like the eighties. Like that it sounds like he's like a legend for like decades. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this underground crazy like and that's how it is. There's so many guys like that out there that since like the eighties have been doing this. And I don't think people realize because I remember, um, gosh, it must've been early two thousands ish. And um, MTV, they had that show, um, true life. I'm a whatever. And they always change the theme up. Yeah. And it was like, I have a secret job. And there was a gal who had like an office job. I can't remember if she was like a secretary or something, but it was very like, you know, considered a good job for a lady. And at night she would do the fetish wrestling. And like, I feel that was the only time it was really out there. Then there's an episode of my name is Earl with Geraldo in it. And there's a little part where they show like that big urn, the guy that owns the um, crab shack, he mm -hmm. did this underground. Oh, he had this underground business and they, they talk about it on there, but as much as it's all over the internet, especially with like OnlyFans era we live in, I still feel that people don't realize how long the fetish or fantasy wrestling and fetishes have been. Because like on Earl, there's even like Earl himself, he needed to make some money. So he eats macaroni and cheese out of like a heel, <laughs> like a, a red heel. And it's funny because he's eating, he goes, hey, this is pretty good. <laughs> but it's so like... It's been, it's nothing new, nothing new at all. But people tend to feel, unless they're into it, that it's more of a newer dot-com era that we live in kind of thing. And it's just not. Yeah. The internet's definitely uh, opened up a lot of avenues for like mass consumption of, of some of the stuff. Like since I've been interviewing people on my show over 10 years, I found out about so many different fetishes that I didn't know existed, like balloon fetishes, which blew me away. And just all kinds of other stuff. And like, you know, of course, the famous uh, two girls, one cup and the two girls, one cup reaction videos, which dominated YouTube for quite a long time. Reaction videos are really pretty good. If you want to go back and watch some of those on YouTube. <laughs> but um, There's been hardcore shit out for a long time. I remember the uh, like not obviously like fetish shit, but the um, Faces of Death series. Of oh, yeah. And stuff. I remember those back in the 90s. And that was some crazy shit. One family was like cut open a puppy on their dinner table and like ate it and another family like beat in a monkey's brains and ate that and the one dude the famous dude who did the press conference and pulled the gun out of the envelope and shot himself just all kinds of crazy shit it's a crazy shit's been around for quite a while i can't imagine what they were up to 100 years ago they just didn't film it they were just doing it for fun like let's just let's do this <laughs> It's crazy. And I, the faces of death, I remember all my buddies used to watch it, but I would not watch it. I was like, that is, I'm too sensitive for it. Like, I just, I don't want to see it. I, I don't know. I think it's more of a guy thing. <laughs> it's definitely hardcore. It's most still to this day, the most hardcore shit I've ever seen in my life. And that's with things on the internet. There's nothing approaches some of that stuff. <laughs> it, it's one. crazy. Um, one, like there was this, uh, dude robbing a bank and the, um, he like pokes his head out the door as he's robbing the, this bank. He's got like hostages inside. He pokes his head out the door just a little bit. And this sniper takes off half of his skull 
with a bullet and you could like freeze frame it and like do slow motion and like see his like part of his head come off and it was that was like vhs like technology in the mid 90s it was crazy shit so go, just, look at kids. go look up faces of death oh <laughs> uh, i just can't that does not that does not interest me one bit i thought it was very cool Especially that the sniper part. We we rewound that in like slow motion like fifty fucking times. <laughs> of course, because you're a dude. That's what dudes like my buddies used to always No. <laughs> um, so Shelly has some other stuff she wanted to talk about, but first I wanted to get to something very amazing and great that happened while we were on our hiatus of the show. <clears throat> I'll set it up and, and what happened and then Shelly can take it from there and, and what she went through with the uh, this podcast that she went on. There's a podcast called Gutting the Sacred Cow. Uh, there's two comedians on there, Kevin Israel and Kevin Goatee. I was on a long time ago. I did Taxi Driver, and I recently did Wizard of Oz as well. And back when we were doing the show the first time, Shelly was like, you know, I'm going to try to do some podcasts and stuff. Can you, like, you know, mediate or whatever and find some podcasts for me to do and some cool people to talk to? And I immediately thought of this podcast because I thought, you know, Shelly loves movies. She's, you know, loves to talk about stuff. It's a good combination she can go on this show. Basically, Gutting the Sacred Cow is they have guests on to try to skewer a movie that's either popular with the box office or with critics or it's a cult classic or whatever. If it meets their criteria, then they have you on to talk about it. So I hooked up Shelly with the Kevins to go on Gutting the Sacred Cow. And Shelly, you can take it from there. What happened? This uh, never happened on their show before. It was it was amazing to watch in real time as they were doing the show. <laughs> if you want to go back and check it out, search Gutting the Sacred Cow and Slay Martinez on YouTube or whatever. I'm sure it'll pop right up. So what happened, Shelly? Okay. So first of all, it was very really difficult to agree to what movie I was going to do with them because they have done so many, like every movie that I can't stand, they already had done. Like, and they don't do repeats. So... Yeah. It's not like I can be like, oh, you know, one of the ones I like right away before I like saw the list, I was like, I'd really like to do Ferris Bueller's Day Off because I always love that movie. But mm -hmm. now that I've experienced the Ferris's of the world, I like F Ferris Bueller. He's a piece of <laughs> like he sucks. And when I saw your episode, because I watched yours specifically to see what the whole thing was about. I love Wizard of Oz, but you made up some very, very valid points. And I was like, damn, I still love the movie, but I'll tell you this, every time I watch it, I think of your commentary on it every single time. So like, I thought that was interesting. So I kind of felt that way about like Ferris Bueller. And so when they're like, oh, we did it. And so they gave me the list and I was like, oh my God. And I would just sit and I was thinking like, oh, I know. And I'd look, I'm like, damn. So it's really, really hard. And so finally I was like, dude, I've never seen Dumb and Dumber because just seeing the previews back in the day or the trailers, it already annoyed me. So I just didn't want to watch it. And I have like big issues with Jim Carrey, but it's so weird because I loved him in Libby Color. Like I totally loved him in it. That was a great show. There's a couple of movies that I do like him in. He was in Once Bitten, old school vampire movie from the 80s comedy funny um you know and then like his more serious movies i've seen i like those two and even movies like cable guy i'm not a big like fan i can't even tell you what like 
the scenes or whatever. But when I'd seen snippets of it, like he played that character well. So it's like, I have this love hate relationship. Like some of his characters is just too much, like Ace Ventura. Oh God, <laughs> I just, it, it's too much. It's, and I love camp and silliness, but uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch Dumb and Dumber because they didn't have that on the list. And they were like, no, that's a great movie. Okay, yeah, this will be awesome. I'm like, okay. So I remember I was doing cardio <laughs> and I put it on and I watched it and like 15 minutes into it, I was laughing. And I was like, damn it, I like this movie. And so I ended up watching it. I love the story. So when I went on to like talk about it, when I started talking about how I liked it and I was describing certain scenes, they were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Apparently, you guys, I watched Dumb and Dumber 2, not those one. <laughs> and then they were making fun of me saying, like, God, that was the second one. It wasn't even good. I was like, but I liked the story. And I was so confident when I, before I realized I watched the wrong one. <laughs> so confident. But I was like, you know, and then when Penny and da 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 and they were like, what? <laughs> so... I watched the wrong movie. <laughs> I don't think if you like the movie that you were supposed to hate and destroy, it wasn't even the right movie. It wasn't even the right movie. <laughs> so I'm actually going back on on Monday. Wow. I, a different movie. And again, it was hard when they're like, you want to come back? I was like, yes. And then I was like, damn. What movie? So you're going to stay tuned to figure out which one I'm going to be doing. Um, uh, we'll see what happens because I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to watch it this weekend. So, but there's only one. There's only one version of this. There's not a part two. There you so go. I'm safe, and um, I think it'll be good because I really, I actually had um, Kevin Goatee on one of my podcasts, Martinez Girls with Danielle Radio, my sister, and I really liked them. Like that's what I did get from. Like not only why I already knew I liked their vibe when I watched your episode, yeah. but when I was interacting with them and we're playing off of each other, I thought, wow, this is really cool. Like I like, I like um, vibing with people like that. And like, especially when we're all poking fun, it's just like, you know, I, I always say to people, I'm the type of person that when I go back and forth and bust balls with people, I don't want to like one up them. I just want to see, it's almost like, ping pong or tennis like i just want to see how long we can keep hitting the ball like let's see how long we can go because that that to me like stimulates me to be not the one upper but mm -hmm. just bouncing off of each other back and forth like i just think it's so and that's why i love comedy that's that way and um so i'm really excited to hang out with them again absolutely they're cool dudes i had uh i met them through a publicist who i've had a lot of people on my show from and uh kevin goatee came on my show and then that's when I did the taxi driver episode. It was a couple years ago now. And uh, yeah, as soon as you were talking about like podcasts and podcasts you might want to do, that's the first people I thought of was, I thought it'd be pretty good. Um, what happens if you end up liking the movie that you, when you watch it? I'm pretty sure I will not. Mm. I mean, it could happen. It happened before, <laughs> kind of. But um, this movie, I've seen enough, I feel, parts of it to where I just roll my eyes and I'm like, dude, what else is on? Let's put the guide on. And while I'm looking on the guide and it's still going, I'm just like. <sighs> yeah. You mentioned how difficult it was to like pick the movie. I imagine at some point they're going to have 
real problems getting episodes out. I remember when <clears throat> I think I was like their episode 26. I was like early on with Taxi Driver. And as soon as they told me like the premise of the, the, the show, the first thing I thought it was Taxi Driver. I fucking hate that movie. Everybody thinks that's like the greatest thing in the world. I hated Robert De Niro's character so much. <clears throat> and uh, But then picking Wizard of Oz was difficult. Uh, we went through quite a few uh, before we got to that one. But uh, it was a good, it was a good pick because like, there's there's a lot of problems with Wizard of Oz. Really good. <laughs> there's a lot of problems. You made so many good points, you guys. You got to go watch it. It's on YouTube. You got to watch Stoner Jesus episode. Like you made some really good points. Like <laughs> what pops in my head is hearing your voice saying she's a medicine. <laughs> she's just <gross> medicine. <laughs> And she, you're just tearing Dorothy apart, and like she deserves it. Like ungrateful, you said she's ungrateful. <laughs> it's just true. It's so true, and I really appreciate your commentary on it. She's a problem. I mean, there's no, there's no two ways about it. She's a problem. Absolutely. Notwithstanding her massive head injury, <laughs> <laughs> and a spoiled little brat. Yes, indeed. So, um. If you watched the show before, if you uh, you know that throughout the week or at various times, Shelly will message me things she wants to talk about. Uh, one of them is Angeline, which we uh, we've talked about on the show before. Uh, what's going on in the Angeline uh, department, Shelly? Om to the I'm pretty sure you haven't seen it. Have you seen her? Um, what was on Peacock? Her movie? I did not know. Okay, first of all, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know who Angeline is, because unless you live in LA, you kind of don't really know who she is. So back in the 80s, this gal popped up on billboards everywhere. And she's this petite blonde with really big boobs. And on the billboards, it would just have her name, Angeline, her photo, big billboards, and um, a phone number for her management. So she made a career out of this where people were like, who is this Angeline? And so I want to say, like, it must have been in the 90s. Uh, first of all, she did a lot of press. Like, she was on, like, Geraldo. Um, what's that guy's name? He's, like, all angry, and he has, like, a public channel. Oh, I can't, I can't remember his name. But she was, like, all over the place. And she was very, like, she comes off kind of bimbo-y and all this. Um but at the same time, she talks about like not being of this world and energy and dimensions. So some people can look at her, especially back in the day, more of like kind of like crazy, not taking her serious. She's always over the top with her outfits. Well, what she started to do, she has this like fan club and she, she go to this day, drives around in her pink Corvette. She always has a pink Corvette. And she literally, to this day, sells her merch out of her trunk. Like, I met her, like, the one time I, like, met her, met her, because I've seen her around all the time. And it's become one of the things with people in L.A. It's like, if you see the pink Corvette and you see her, you make a wish, because, like, it's, like, a sighting. If you go on Twitter, there's even, like, I saw Angeline, like, whatever. So I remember <laughs> this area where she would drive by a lot. And I saw her with her, tr her trunk popped open. I was like, oh my God, this is Angeline. And I remember I was like, hey, can I take a picture with you? She's like, 
yeah, or you can buy your shirt or whatever, but it's going to cost you 20 bucks. And like, she's just like a hustler. And like, I, she's like got to be in her 80s now. And she still wears the little tiny outfits. She does this whole thing where people can like ride along with her in her pink Corvette. And it's crazy because she has her stomping ground. The girl loves her Denny's over there on Sunset and Gower. She loves her Denny's. She goes there a lot. A lot of people meet her there. Her coffee bean. She has her spots. So she's always been this like mystery to everyone of just like crazy Angelina. This is what she does. So Peacock has been working on a series for her. And apparently, um, I, got, I can't remember the main actress's name that played her. Emma something. She's the girl who played on Phantom of the Opera. But um, she played her, and she I've seen interviews of her saying that she actually met with Angeline at the Roosevelt Hotel on Hollywood Boulevard and had this, like, four-hour sit-down with her. And um, she was all about the film. But then when it started going further, she pulled out. And she just, like, got paid for her likeness and a couple of, like, her footage. So the film, to this like to this day, she says she's against it. There it is. She's against it, and it's not doing her any justice. But I kind of feel it does. Like, I mean, I don't know everything, but it filled in a lot of blanks that makes total sense. Like, because the rumor was that she married this rich guy, and he paid for all these billboards. But that's not what it is. She hustled it. She's like the queen of barters. And I feel like, especially what I do with my living, and like my friends, I really felt connected to these, like the story. And it was in the 2000s. I can't remember exactly what year, like maybe 2012 ish or something. I remember it was a big deal that all of a sudden they found that it was a Hollywood reporter. They found um, information on her because no one knew her real age or anything like that. And it came out like her background that she uh, was, she was born in Poland and her and her family came to America. And then um, she ended up settling in San Fernando Valley here in California. And that's kind of like where she got, you know, she's always inspired by like Marilyn Monroe and she took on this persona. And it's like, when you see her, you think, cause I used to think she was kind of like Elvira where it's like, okay, there's Elvira. And then there's Cassandra Peterson. Like they're two different people. She turns it on and off. There she is right there. And um, she's not like, I feel she literally mind controlled herself to be this gal you guys are seeing right here. And the movie, I thought, I just thought it was amazing. And ever since I saw that Peacock movie, I think about her every single day. <laughs> I don't know if they did witchcraft on me, so like whatever, but I think about her every day and I randomly will tell my sister, what do you think Angeline's doing right now? Like, I think about her all the time. And so if you go to her Twitter feed, she has pinned, um, like, a trailer. And I thought the trailer was for the Peacock one. But then if you go below it, there's a video of her. And she's like, you know, people shouldn't, um, it's that people dress up as me, but they shouldn't pretend to be me. I'm going to tell my real story. And I've tweeted her and on Instagram wrote her. I'm like, when? Because, Oops. I mean, eventually she's going to die. We need this story before she dies. So I become so obsessed that I've dug into the Angeline pink rabbit hole. And um, I found this documentary that she's in it. And so she obviously okayed it. It's all in black and white. 
And I was like, dude, that is what's up. Like, and I talked talk to Stoner Jesus about it when we had our show before, because we're talking to, I was telling like billboards and like whatever. And I was like, there's this woman, Angeline, there she is. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really cool learning on the document or the Peacock show. I used to think that when I heard her music from the eighties, I thought part of the Angeline brand was that she didn't take herself serious and that like she was kind of mocking. But when I watched it, it's like, no dude, she really thought she was good. <laughs> it was so crazy. Like that video right there where she's talking, that's where she talks about it, about how people shouldn't dress or try to pretend to be her or whatever. Probably pull it up. Let's see. True, true. It is my true feeling and opinion that even though people can dress up like me, and that's wonderful, but I think they should never, ever, ever pretend to be Angeline. It is my there you go. true feeling and opinion. Okay, that's enough. We get it. Thank so you. that's her now. And. She's an old ass, but she's still doing it. That pink Corvette still drives around. And I, I don't know, like, I'm curious to why she's so upset about the film because I thought it was really good. And to know that she sat down with the actress who played her for four hours, like, I don't know if she felt like she came off bad because she does come off very selfish and like opportunist. So I don't know if she doesn't want that part out there, but I don't know. Hmm. I will never know. I know, but it's like, come on lady. If you're gonna be talking crap and saying you're coming up with your own documentary, we need it before you die because she's old. Yeah. The clock is, know, as they what? say, the clock is ticking. Yes. And you have women from back in the day, like Mimi, Mimi Van Doren, who I also follow, who, by the way, if you don't know who she is, you should Google her. I always said, I always argue with people. She is greater than Marilyn Monroe. She just didn't get the big push. Um, but if you look at Mammy Van Doren, she's probably if not older than Angeline. If you put their pictures of them right now, side by side, Mammy Van Doren looks way healthier and better so you and then angeline looks very like life is if you're a hustler and you've been hustling all these years that's that's rough and it kind of wears on you so it's like angeline we need this document if you're gonna bitch about it lady come on hello lady we need to see what you have to say everybody get on twitter tell her look time's running out you're old you're super old you may not have time to get this done. You really need to speed up the process. You know, that's why I was like, well, when's this coming out? I really wanted to say before you die, but I felt bad. Like, I didn't want to say that. And I don't want her to put some kind of weird hex on me for like, whatever. And then here's the thing, the documentary. What was that? Run you over with her Corvette. You know, <laughs> and when I saw the black and white documentary that she's actually in, um, at the end, there's like the Angeline fan club hotline and I paused it and called it and damn it. If it's not still going, 
it's still going. So I don't know. And then I thought about leaving a message on there saying like, when is it coming out before you die? But I'm scared. I don't want to like ruffle her pink feathers. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. She's, she looks like she's somebody who could do some damage. I mean, surviving, you know, doing what she does for decades. I mean, you're driving strangers around your car. That's enough to like, I mean, one could just kill you. And what are you going to do about it? But I don't know. I guess she holds around. It's crazy, but that's her hustle. And um, there is a fetish model um, that I'm friendly with. And she actually won a ride with her. And her story about the meeting with her kind of is consistent with a lot of that I've read. Because I've been obsessed with Angeline for a really long time. So I've always looked her up and things like that. So it seems like a lot of times, like nowadays in the last like maybe five, six years, she just meets people at these places and then instead says, let's just go in Denny's or let's just go into the coffee bean. And she doesn't really drive them around as much. And, um, but still like even back in the day when she was really doing that, like it's so unsafe, especially if you have like a creepy obsessed fan, like yeah. that, like, you know, maybe isn't all there and it's, you know, I don't know. That's, that's brave. But then on that black and white film, she even said the last thing that she says, they're like, she says, I love taking advantage of men. She's like, and then someone said, well, what happens if they don't do what they tell you? She's like, I'll kill them. And then it sends. <laughs> like, so maybe she's more lead. That's why I don't want to mess with her. I don't want to mess with her. <laughs> she puts a hex on me. <laughs> maybe it'll turn out that she's actually a serial killer and she killed like 50 people. Who knows? That'd be a hell of an into documentary. <laughs> Angeline, the serial killer. It's crazy, but you know, she, going back to the fetishes we're talking about earlier, and it's nothing new. Not only in the Peacock one, but in the one that she's in, the black and white one that you guys can find on YouTube. Um, she was selling her shoes to her fans. One, there's a creepy fan that's on the black and white, like legit one. And he comes from, I think, Sweden. And he's like, She's even sent me a lock of her hair. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. It's like, it's so crazy. But she's just been hustling for a long ass time. And she's been a part of that underground. Like I said, sending out her shoes. And she makes people pay per shoe. So if you want both shoes, you had to pay double. And from what I understand, for the last like maybe eight years or so, when you meet her on these like drives or whatever, she takes a picture with you, but she has a fan that she puts in front of her face and it costs extra for her to put the fan down and get the fan. But she is hard core. Like, talk about carnies. Wrestlers, wrestlers like are known for being carnies or whatever. Like, I've never, and I've met so many carnies in the wrestling business. There is no one that matches the carnyism that is Angelique. I'll say that right now. I was just wondering if we could get her on the show, we'd probably have to pay her. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know how much her cameo is? A thousand dollars. And she only has 10 spots, only 10 spots and she's done, but it's a thousand dollars. Hey, good for her. Make that money. If I'm able to do that when I'm a woman in my eighties. <laughs> so uh, another thing you did recently, and I saw you tweeting out a lot of the, uh, the clips and stuff was what is known in the business as the wrestling shoot interview. You get on there, you talk about, you know, you shoot 
and you tell people what's really going on. You talked about a lot of different subjects. So uh, how did all that come about? Well, I saw it was sometime last year, Francine had done these interviews. So one day when I was just like looking for something to watch during my workout, I was like, you know what, let me see Francine's videos, you know, because I always try to support Francine and everything she does. And she has really great stories. Like, who cares that she's my friend? Like, she just has great stories, like from back in the day to even her like coming back to the fake ECW. She has great stories. And um, so I was like, yeah, let's watch it. And I just really loved how the interviewer, James, how he did his show. I thought, wow, this is really cool. And so then I started diving into other episodes with other wrestlers and I was like commenting on them or whatever, because just because that's who I am. Like I watch YouTube. So like I comment on videos that like, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, Oh, let's get like, it's not a strategic thing. It's just, I'm like anyone else who watches YouTube and leaves comments, you know? And so I was just leaving comments and then I saw a whole bunch, um, when Sunny, aka Tammy Stitch, yeah. she got in trouble um, with her DUIs and then she killed somebody. Yeah. Um, I don't really know Sunny that well. I've always been friendly with her, uh, but I don't really know her, like aside from seeing her here and there. And so I was really interested in knowing more about her. And so there was a bunch of wrestlers that talked about her on the channel the wrestling shoots interview channel and so that's kind of like after the front scene and a couple other i started diving into it and i was just really impressed like once again with how james does his whole channel and so i wrote i was like i'd love to be on your show and so i bossed my way on the show <laughs> and he was very excited i'm the second woman it's next to francine she was the first woman to be on there so all hail to queen francine but i was the second one and um, I loved it. And what's interesting is I got a lot, a lot of, of specifically for me saying I didn't like CM Punk. And it, you guys, once we're able to get our other episodes, it's nothing new. I've talked about my distaste for Punk on our show. So first of all, people were coming at me. Like I went on this interview to say, let me tell you about Punk. No, I was asked. He does a segment where he just names different people's names and it's up to you if you want what you say. It's supposed to be like, what comes to your mind with this person or like whatever. It's not even, do you like this person? It's just like, oh, okay. How do you feel about CM Punk or whatever? And I gave a very simple reason. And for me, it was more like the last straw for me was and him showing his character to me, his true character was how he left me out of this story that I was heavily involved in about this um, incident that happened at a hotel. And so a lot of people were like, oh my God, this is a bad look for you. It's like you're in high school, you're just mad because you didn't say your name. No, that was the last straw. The real true reasons why I don't like him and why my opinion changed, it's not my story to tell because people that he's affected personally and their mental health and their money-making um, ways, it made me want to talk to you. But those things were told to me in confidence. It's not for me to share. It's not my story. So I'm not going to go on, even when we had our show, I didn't talk about those things because it's not for me to say. And 
but that gave me the like, oh my God, like I thought, I didn't think he was like that, ew. And so when these other little things kind of peppered in, I was like, oh, okay, dude, done with this guy. And one of the things I expressed that on this interview was, it didn't bring really any crap about him because there was many years I was very inspired by punk, very inspired. And I saw people and politics try to like keep him down and like, he just didn't care. And I was like, hell yeah, hell yeah. And he thrived. And so to me as a person who doesn't play the politic game, it gave me hope that I didn't have to and that I can just show up, do a good job and continue to do a good job, connect with the fans because that's what it's about. So when I started hearing these disheartening things, it's just like, and it wasn't rumors, it was from people venting to me. I was just like, ew, really? You are just like these assholes that were effing with you back in the day. And I lost respect for him. And so it was really interesting that people, okay, so sorry to break it to you people, but sometimes we put out there things called clickbait. You know, clickbait. So they're upset that I didn't give them the juice. I just gave them this like watered down version of why I don't like the dude. And all these people came for me and it's just like, I just was like laughing and I was like, they don't even know. Okay. Get all worked up. And it's not like I'm telling people don't be a fan of his. I got asked a question on a podcast. So I answered it. <laughs> That's all it was. Just like I got, of course, asked about Batista because that's just going to be the thing for my entire life of doing interviews, I suppose. And I get it. Like, that's it's a story, whatever. But um, I had mentioned in the story that I was talking to my friend and he was listening. I opened the door. He was listening to us. And then I started seeing these headlines saying, Shelly Martinez says Batista used to eavesdrop. I said, no, I said the one time, the one time. And it got so blown up and it's like, dude, like, no, it's called clickbait articles. Like that's what people do to get the views and whatever. And it's like, and that's fine. I mean, I do it myself, but to say that, like make it sound like I was saying he always did it. No, dude. It was one freaking time, one time. And the reason why I brought it up is because it was a pivotal moment to me of like why he probably didn't like me anymore because he heard what I was saying in the conversation. So it's part of the story. And then at the end of that like segment, I guess, of talking about him, I mentioned how we squashed our heat and we even took a picture together at some um, red carpet event years after the whole incident happened and it's fine and how I don't have any bad feelings about it and I make fun of it if anything so like if I can make fun of it and openly talk about it it's not a big deal and so it was so crazy how the government's quoted and the people are like oh that happened so long ago blah 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 she's so bitter and I'm like dude no first of all I was asked for the gazillionth time about it what irks me is I have a hard time believing anyone's ever asked him. So tell me about you and Shelly Martinez. What happened? No, dude. It, but because I'm not as famous as Batista and I feel because I'm also a woman, I'm the one that has to be haunted with the, 
whole thing. And there was even a time where, and I said this in the interview, um, one of my fans said, you should just record yourself. And when people ask you, you push play and you play it to them. Like it was, it's like, cause it's been a thing that I'll always be asked. And it, like I said, it's fine because I feel there is a positive outcome with it. You know, obviously I wasn't supposed to be a part of that world anymore. And that whole Batista situation was that last nail in the coffin of saying, yeah, this isn't for me anymore. Like, it's cool. Like, it's fine. So I don't know. It's just really interesting. And <laughs> there's some clips that haven't come out yet. And I'm sure people are going to get mad, specifically someone that we've talked about many times on our show, which is the one and only the Sandman. Because I talk about something that I haven't talked about in detail before. And I'm pretty sure if he gets wind of it, he's going to be upset because of how blunt I am about it. But it's what happened, and that's just what's up. So, whatever. It's a lot to look forward to. <laughs> um, so, I did put out a tweet on our Twitter at Shelly SJ Smoke, at uh, Shelly Smoke out on Instagram. There's no out on the Twitter because it's too many characters or whatever, and Twitter's stupid. In any case, we did get some questions. Um, obviously, the big story in current wrestling and the current wrestling world is uh, the Vince McMahon, uh, Johnny Laurinaitis scandal. Jake on Twitter, SlimD429 says, thoughts on the Vince McMahon scandal that broke today. He was sleeping with his paralegal and passed her down to Johnny Ace. They paid her money to keep quiet. So disgusting. Allegedly, I'm going to stress allegedly, we don't want to get sued. There's things we can say on channelattitude.com, but we cannot, you know, get sued because that really will probably bring down the network and that would suck. So allegedly, but yes, Leslie Vince was up to uh, quite a bit of shenanigans. I know we talked a lot about Vince on past episodes, but I can't remember if we ever talked about Johnny Ace or not. Uh, what were your interactions with him? Well, Johnny Ace was the one who tried to mediate between me and Batista when we were having our whole heat backstage and he's also the one that when I had my big blowout fight with Batista, Batista like stormed off and um, I was going to go on live television with Kevin. Like I was getting ready to like, go out there. So this incident happened like, you know, maybe 10 minutes before we're supposed to go out. And so Johnny Ace comes out and he's like, what happened? And I told him what had happened. And then he asked Batista and then Batista was kind of petty about it. And then he looked at me and I thought, because <laughs> one of the things he said was, did you flip her off? He goes, I don't remember, but now I am. And so I thought that was like, that shows you like the different energies between us right now. And so I was shocked when Johnny Ace was like, how dare you talk to top male talent that way? I was like, and I said, you know what? I don't care who you are. If you disrespect me, I'm going to come back at you and defend myself. So can I go do my job now? And we can talk about this after. And so that was like the only negative experience I personally had with Johnny Ace. Other than that, he was really nice to me. Um, like really nice, not too nice. 
<laughs> nothing like that. But like he was always really cool. And then like with the Batista thing, another thing I said in the interview, and I've said in many interviews, is he when Batista stopped shaking my hand, because that's one of the customary things you're supposed to do is you shake everyone's hand when you like, you know, maybe you just arrived. And you see it's like kind of just out of respect is what you're supposed to do. One of the you know wrestling codes. And um, he wasn't doing that. And I would go up to him to try to shake his hand and he would just like not shake it. And so I found myself in the office and this was the first time like anything was being broken down to me. And I knew it was trouble when I walked in there and Batista was sitting there and Johnny Ace was like, I can't have two top or I can't have two talents um, having issues. So what's going on? And I looked at Batista. I was like, I don't know. Why don't you tell me what's going on? You won't shake my hand. And Batista kind of went off on me. And then he wasn't really making sense about what the, the root of the problem was. It was just like kind of all over the place. And he stormed out. And I remember I was so sad because at that time, like before he got mad at me, um, we were friends, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. We were friends and I liked him, not like romantically, but I enjoyed his company. I liked talking to Dave. So I remember I looked at Johnny Ace and I was trying not to cry, but like a little bitch, I was like, I thought we were friends. <laughs> and so, and I just remember seeing Johnny Ace like feel bad for me. Like he realized that I wasn't, in my opinion, it felt like he realized I wasn't really trying to be a problem and like, Dave wasn't really making sense about what the exact problem was. And so he kind of was like guiding me to be like, okay, just shake his hand, blah, blah, blah. And then when Dave still wouldn't do it and it was WrestleMania week and Johnny Ace asked me how things were going. I had mentioned to him that in a elevator um, that we were all in that I was with my sister cause I felt all fancy. I got to fly her in for WrestleMania week. Um, as the elevator doors closed and I was getting off, he went douchebag. And so I was like, you know what? Like, why take it there? Like, you know, other wrestlers were in there with their family. I was with my sister. Like, why bring it there? And I remember Johnny Ace kind of had my back. And he's like, you know what? Just leave him alone. I'm going to tell him I told you just leave him alone. And so my relationship with Johnny Ace, even like he's the one, the first one to like talk to me about like getting looked at before I was even signed and how things went and you know, he was always really good to me, but it's not like I was all up in his business either. Like I wasn't like in his ear politicking, um, you know, same thing with Vince, like my only private moment with him was when we were both walking down the hall and he told me I was doing a really good job and there was nobody like me on the show. And so it was cool because I was always told that he doesn't really hand out compliments and things like that. So it was awesome, you know, mm -hmm. but you always hear stories and I did hear stories about both of them and I just mind my own business. I kept out of it. So when this whole thing came out, to be honest, like I don't mean to sound cold or anything, but my whole thing was, dude, this is nothing new. If you go on YouTube, there's lots of people that have talked about their personal experiences that were really shady. Yeah. And like, you know, I didn't realize how the depth of it until I would say like maybe 2017. Um, 
I had forgotten what I heard, what Nicole Bass's issues were when she was in WWF. And so I kind of went down that rabbit hole and started watching all these different things that I just never really, being the girl that always goes on YouTube, I never really thought to look up like scandals and WWF or anything. Like I just didn't even think about it. And so when I went down that rabbit hole, there's a lot of info out there. So like, this is nothing new. And I don't mean to sound insensitive or anything, but it kind of reminds me of like, the Me Too movement with the Harvey Weinstein thing. Yeah. It's nothing new. It's been going on for a long time. And the reason why I choose not to put my thoughts about it is because what I've learned in my personal experience is when I've tried to, as they say in wrestling, smarten up people about different things that are going on, um, it's like, and it makes me sad, but it's like people want to be like, F that, I'm not supporting them, blah, 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 blah. And then enough time goes by and they kind of forget about it. And I'm the one that like has to deal with the drama end of it for many years. Like some of the stuff that I've said in the past to this day, people, I had to deal with it. Um, and it didn't do anything. It, it's almost like it makes me feel, with all due respect, it makes me feel like it's almost like a fad. Like it's going to pass. Yeah. And when enough time goes, like, because it's nothing new. And people have been speaking about this and being ignored. But for whatever reason, now it's like being brought to light. And it's just... I feel indifferent towards it because I feel like enough time will go by and people will still be putting money in the pockets of these people. Like, so why even bother? And it makes me feel like, like it's the inquire almost like people want to read the inquire and be all riled up or whatever. But then it's like, next, what else are we going to be mad about? Well, what else are we going to be mad about? You know? And it's just like, whatever. Yeah, I'm sure it'll probably pass over at some point. Depending on what the I guess the board of the WWE does, apparently like there was money that exchanged hands and stuff like that, and like big amounts of money. Whether well, if that's you know, I don't know if that's illegal or not. I don't know if you're able to you're allowed to pay hush money to people. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. In any case, the next uh, question we got on Shelly S.J. Smoke on Twitter. Uh. Kaito Brown, 120. So how do you spend your day, Shelly? Just curious because I'm also a huge fan of yours. Depends on the day. Um, I do a lot. I I don't know if people realize this, but I shoot and edit most of all my content. Mm. And sometimes I have help, like a camera person or whatever, but a lot of times I don't. And I spend a lot of time on my Secret Society, which is my exclusive fan club. ShellySecretSociety.com. And um, yeah, so like, honestly, that's just what it is. Like, it's been my job, my full-time job for quite a few years now. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, so yeah, you know, and I have a house I have to take care of. I have a dog I take care of, you know. So, you know, I'm kind of like, it's kind of like I have just like kind of a normal whatever life. But then like, 
what my day job is is kind of weird because I'm typically half naked and I'm shooting photos or doing live streams or podcasting. So that's just like my everyday kind of thing. Um, you know, I like going out. I like going on adventures. My hobby is tiki bars and the tiki lifestyle. Um, so yeah, that's kind of in a nutshell. It's nothing out of the ordinary, but then yet <laughs> people were like, wait a minute. So you get in a bikini and you and your friends beat each other up. So, like, <laughs> you know, so I just do my thing and I'm happy with it. That's why like when people say like, I'm this like bitter girl, like from wrestling, it's like, no dude, I just realized it's just not for me anymore. It didn't fit for me anymore. It fit for a while. And I'm grateful for all the experiences, good, bad, and the ugly. And now I just live my little life and do my thing. And I love it. There you go. little peek behind the scenes. Next up, bring it up here. There we go. We have Chez Medeiros. Said, thanks you. Thank you for doing this for your fans. My question is, uh, which wrestling promotions did you have the most fun working in? And uh, can you tell us a good story while working with them? Much love and respect to you here. I'm guessing English is not Chaz's first uh, language, but it, it's it's good enough. We get the the gist, I think. You know, I've had a lot of great moments. Um, I don't want to say there's just been one especially because like different times in my career. Um, I feel like when I was in WWE, it was more like, how can I say it? It's more like it was high school. It was in my high school years. You know, you go from junior high to high school. You think you know it all, but once you get there, you're like, I don't know anything. I'm just a freshman. And then you kind of go through your course and then you're a senior and then you graduate, AKA when they fired me. <laughs> and then when I went to TNA, it's kind of like my junior college years. <laughs> you know? It's like, you realize that it's not that deep, but you care about doing a good job. So you show up and you do a good job, but maybe the things that you kind of got caught up in, in high school, you don't bring it over to that because you learn it's just a waste to waste your energy like that. So I in saying that, I had a lot of fun for quite some time in TNA. Um, I just, I think a lot of it had to do too with, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was very butthurt about how things went down with me in WWE. And I think I was trying to put my tough girl vampire cape on and just be like, whatever, F them. But I was hurt. And so I kind of made a lot of poor decisions in my personal life at TNA, but I had a lot of fun. And uh, my character, I had a lot of fun, you know, as I think people could see when I was on camera. Like it was just like it's so like I was able to at TNA I felt like I didn't have as much pressure because going through WWE, even though I was only there for a little while, the things that like I said, I was taught through my wrestling career, 
that were so serious. One of them being like, you can't just go up to Vince McMahon and say this. And I would, and people were like, oh, you can't just go up to him. And it's like, dude, how else am I supposed to get an opportunity? Like, like I'm going on TV tonight. And so it's kind of like you hear all these myths about like what you can and can't do. And so when I went to TNA, I was kind of like that F it attitude, as long as I do a good job. I don't think I've ever said this story publicly, but there was a time, <laughs> if Vince Russo watches this, I'd love to hear what he has to say about it. Vince <laughs> Russo was one of the writers when I was in TNA. And I remember I was with somebody, one of my friends at the time, I don't know if she's open about her cannabis use, so I won't name names, but her and I were in her car in the parking lot smoking. And we were in a really deep conversation. And I said, like, it was, so, it was so funny. It was like, I was hitting the joint and I went, oh, I think I'm supposed to be somewhere right now. And I took off running. And then <laughs> when I showed up to where they were taping, I remember Vince was like, where is Shelly Martinez? I said, I'm right here. I was taking a shit. God, am I not supposed to take a shit? And I was like, let's do it. And we did the promo. And then I just acted like I was in the bathroom, but I totally was in the parking lot. <laughs> Dedicating. And uh, so that's kind of like how I did it. And like, I don't know, like I didn't know because I wasn't a WCW person. So yeah. I didn't know that much about Vince Russo. And so I got to know him more, of course, when I was in TNA. And I just really loved him and Terry Taylor. Like, I just thought they, I just liked talking to them. I liked their energy. Um, you know, so that kind of like, I guess you would say, allowed me to have more fun because, like, I just, just was what they were throwing out there and I liked it a lot you know and then of course LAX we were just always like you know we were supposed to be like these kind of troublemakers our characters and we kind of were like I remember um there were some wrestlers we used to make fun of like openly we were like oh ha, ha, like backstage but the guys were in it too like they thought it was, we were busting balls we would just always be constantly busting balls whereas when I was in WWE I wasn't busting balls over there. It was just like, I was just it, like taking everything in or whatever. Hmm. So it was really cool. And that's why I had a lot of fun there. But then when I went to the Indies, there were so many awesome moments I had. You know, when I went with Hood Slam, that was really awesome. I had some amazing matches there. Like, like the first time I ever did a dive, even though it wasn't a pre the prettiest dive, but I did a dive off of this like, I don't even know what you call it. Like, it was crazy. I think about it a lot. I'm like, dude, if I could have killed myself. <laughs> and like, what gets me is I'll never forget. I had a couple times when I had seen Homicide, he was like, oh, I saw your dive and you're like this. He's like, what's that? And I'm thinking, I've never done a dive that high off of like this structure looking down and trusting these people like whatever so what at least i effing did it like i was down enough to do it so what if i didn't open up like oh well like and so there was really awesome moments i had like i had great matches with britney wonder specifically um learning from people there's this fellow there named Ch uh chupacabra and he's so awesome um the stoner brothers we've had on our show they were great so like Hood Slam has a special place in my heart. But then there's these like little one-off like shows. Like I did this one, it was in a barn. 
freaking barn in like somewhere in Virginia in the sticks, like driving up there, like you lose cell phone reception. And I wrestled um, Amber O'Neill. And I remember I was kind of scanning the barn before the show to see like what we would do. And I saw on the, um, the bar that they had there, cause there was like a bar and then the wrestling ring, there was a stripper pole. And I said, oh, Amber, we're using that. And I was dressed as Wonder Shelly. So I have my Wonder out Woman outfit. And <laughs> I remember I like kind of like placed her on the bar and I climbed up on the, the pole and I swung down and like elbowed her and the place went nuts. I was like, one more time. So like there's cool moments like that. And there's so many like weird shows that I was a part of that were that way i don't even remember the the quote-unquote promotion name or anything it's just like i had so much fun and i know a lot of people don't realize that i wrestled because they just saw my characters in wwe and tna and i didn't get to showcase that but when i went back to the indies that second time around after tna because yes i was working the indies before i went to wwe um I just had so many amazing matches and I had a one match uh, with Serena Deeb who was in WWE and now she's in um, AEW and she had a legit like head injury that she thought for a while was going to take her out like from wrestling altogether and she was got the clearance she healed up and I remember it was in Jersey PWS I don't even think they're anymore. And she was like, let's get them. I was like, yeah. She's like, let's work everyone. I was like, all right. So the only the referee, me and Serena were in on this. So we're doing the match and we did a spot to where it looked like I messed up and actually hurt her. And so the whole room just got quiet. And it's like, cause everyone knew that this was like, she had just come back to wrestling and they started to carry her out and they did the clapping. Oh, okay. And I was just like, oh my God. And when I turned my back, she jumped out of their arms and then started beating me up. And everyone was like, oh. And I just remember like when she hit me and I kind of like sold it like this, I saw the promoter's face and he was like, oh. And then they told us afterwards they had to call and cancel the paramedics because they called for the paramedics to come and get her. So that was like, a really awesome moment that I had that was a lot of fun because to me, that's what wrestling is to where not only did we get the fans, but the effing promoter was like, Oh no, this, this, Oh God, like what's going to happen now. And we freaking got them. So that's just a couple experiences, but there's been so many, like I had awesome matches in Canada, like, Oh, just so many awesome matches I've had, man. And, the reason why, like, I've never really been, like, pushing them online or whatever, much like my acting career, it's kind of like, and maybe this is something that I should have kept track of. It's like, okay, the gig's done. What's the next one? Like, I move forward. It's not like I'm like, oh, this was so awesome. Like, let me pump it out there. I throw it out there on the internet. It's just like, okay, what's next? Let's go. Like, what's the next show? What's the next gig? Whatever. And I kind of regret it because I wish that I did have like documents of like all these moments, but at the same time, like that's not what it was ever about. It was about the moment that happened and connecting with the fans and connecting with my opponent and making people believe that it's real. Like that's such a cool feeling to make people feel like 
dude, I think that was real. Like, I think, I don't, like, I know wrestling's fake, but I think that was real. Absolutely. So there you go. Some questions from fans. A lot of great shit. Great for us. First episode back on channelattitude.com. I think hopefully, so. Hopefully we don't bring down the network. Hopefully things go smoothly and uh, you all love the show and subscribe and come on and join us and all that good stuff. Can't make any promises that that won't happen, but I'll try my best. I'll try not to let my mouth get me in trouble. How about that? <laughs> we'll work on it each week. Shelly, thank you for coming back. Thank you for your great first episode back. And uh, we'll do it all again next week. All right. Same bat time, same bat channel. That's right. Adios. <laughs>